Hi, I'm Ken Napsok, host of Watching Thrones. To watch this episode live and get to call in and chat with us about Game of Thrones, sign up today for a free trial membership at ScreenJunkies.com. Hello, Screen Junkies, and welcome to Watching Thrones, where we are recapping seasons one through five. We are through this marathon, and I'm glad you guys are joining us. My name is Ken Knapsack. And I'm Michelle Boyd, and we are on to season three, one of the bloodiest of them all. Absolutely. It is, uh, by this time, the show has grown in so much popularity, you could be in a small village in a deep jungle, and you would still know about dragons, about the wall, about Jon Snow, to help us on this journey to break it down as always, we call him our fool, but he's also our maester. He's also our hand. It is Spencer Gilbert. I am a, a dwarf here to dance and jape for your entertainment. <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy a good jape? Yeah. <laughs> I got japes for days. Absolutely. And joining us on this special uh, season three breakdown is from Super Fan Builds, Ms. Michelle Morrow. Hi, hello, greetings and salutations. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I have another 1L Michelle. 2L, two, yes. two Michelles, one show. One, and, and now 2Ls. <laughs> Michelle, I want to talk to you about uh, your uh, how you got to Game of Thrones. Book first, show first, show only? Show first, show only. Gotcha. I have not read the books. Um, I tried. Uh, I just don't have quite the amount of time I think necessary. Fair point. Uh, <laughs> it was very dense, uh, but the show itself, yeah, we, we first we watched them with subtitles and then we watched them without subtitles just so that we can see everybody's names and it all kind of... That's a good ends. strategy. It is, right? It's yeah. a good way to approach it. So you basically it. read them. You read the show. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean... Everyone will be like, no, no. <laughs> we, we'd ask this of uh, ourselves and our guests in, in the episode uh, breaking down season one, but I'll ask you, what hooked you of the show early on? Was there a moment where you're like, I'm in? Yeah, I, I mean, I think just right off from the first episode, yeah. it really starts off very fast, uh, very quick, and you wonder who these families are uh, right mm -hmm. away. And it's clear that everybody has this one huge thing that they all want. They all want the throne. So I think that their stakes are very high. It's very clear. It does get a lot of, it gets it gets big and messy and tangly, but I kind of love that about it. Yeah. It's just its own little drama. Absolutely. I actually made everybody in Tamadachi Life, the little video game, and like put yeah. the entire cast of Game of Thrones in it. Wow, yeah. that is that yeah. is that is time consuming you and impressive in its own right. But I think you yeah. just trust <laughs> us all. To say it's kind of equal on par. So as always, we try to break down the seasons as best we can in the short amount of time allotted to us by the gods of seven. Um, and, and there's a lot to get to, so we like to break it down not necessarily by episode by episode, but by storylines and families and clans and key points. So we're going to dive right in, and we're going to start as we always do with the sins of the Starks. They are our family. There are heroes, there are point of view, but they seem to make a lot of mistakes. So, Michelle, where are the Starks in season three? All right, so for season three, obviously everyone's kind of scattered to the four winds, the seven corners of all of Westeros. Uh, you have Arya with the Hound. They're kind of scouring the countryside, eventually making their way towards the twins, where he says that her mother will be. Uh, Bran with his merry batch of green men and uh, the two <laughs> wolves going along are heading up towards the wall to try to find this three-eyed raven. 
Uh, you also have, let's see, Sansa down in King's Landing, engaged to Tyrion. We will get to that later. Um, and Walder Frey joins his daughter Rosalind in happy matrimony, and they all live happily ever after. And, and see, <laughs> and it is done. Beautiful. Um, so, you know, for you, Michelle, what we do, we, we love the Starks. They seem to be their own worst enemy. Too noble for their own good. Too pig-headed and stubborn at times for their own good. And too wild and passionate if you're Catelyn Stark uh, <laughs> for your own good. Uh, there's a big, some big mistakes made this season, guys, with Rob Stark. It might start when he executes Lord Rickard Karstark, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. essentially means he now needs the phrase, any other thoughts among the, the mistakes of Rob in this season, Spencer? You know, I actually forget the exact reason why he executes Karstark, but it was for kind of open treason, right? Well, what, yes. Uh, uh, Jamie Lannister had killed one of the Karstark's oh, children. Oh, so he did, yeah. So he killed the Lannister cousins that were captured. Yeah, I mean, it's a capture. Jamie was let go. Let go. Yeah, that that wasn't Rob's biggest mistake, because you kill him because you have to secure the loyalty of your remaining army, and and if it costs you his support, so be it. But his mistake was marrying some nurse on some field somewhere. That's the mistake. I mean, that's the one you can't come back from. Michelle? Oh, I'm in a complete agreement. He should. I mean, he's like, hey, I'll marry one of your daughters. And that guy was like, yes, finally, finally. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sorry, no. Uh, just uh, kidding. She got to me first. That was the worst decision. And that was the decision that led to the betrayal and everything and the yeah. whole Red Wedding. If so. there's one thing we know about Game of Thrones, it's no take backs. <laughs> so no take backs. Unless you're Beric Dondarrion. Oh, yeah. True. Good <laughs> point. No. Eight take backs. But do you think that beheading Karstark was a bad idea? Because honestly, the Karstarks were a major part of his northern army and I mean he didn't have to behead him he could have he could have punished him another way but do you think it was just like the nobility that went okay well blood for blood and this is what I have to do I don't know it's almost better to get rid of them if they're uh, if there's rumblings of disloyalty and they might turn wow. on you in the heat of battle wow. you might as well do it before the fighting starts wow that is Spencer really laying down the gauntlet you're it's out be like a real moral decision too from yeah. him because he was really upset about the you know they were two young boys that they killed mm-hmm. right yes. and I mean they were in their sleep um, and that just, yeah, that's not, he, and also I think they were offering up, he said they're, they're just young girls. He was talking about how mm-hmm, young the, mm-hmm. the Walter Frey girls are. It's just, he, he has a moral barometer in him as well that drives that passion. Clearly he falls in love. He, ha, he thinks something's right or wrong. It's not really like necessarily blood for blood as much as he's like, what is the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. Michelle, can you? understand and agree with Rob at any point then? Are you saying that, eh, I kind of understand? I mean, I do agree and understand his point of view. I mean, not to say it's not going to get him killed. We know, <laughs> yeah, well, the problem is we know the ending is viewers, yeah. I guess, yeah. but at any point, can you get in his head and go, I would have made that decision I too. would have absolutely made that decision. I mean, you should marry who you love and not mm. who you're, you know... To yeah, I mean that's why I love the Stark. Yeah. But that's why that's why the Starks screw themselves over. Yeah. Also, which I understand. So there's some sympathy for Rob here this season, as we and we're, we'll talk about the Red Wedding later, of sure. course. But is there some sympathy at all, or did he get what he deserved? Are you a Roose Bolton? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> he did not get what he deserved. That was a jump, that, my friend. You know, that's, yeah, that's like not a lot of there. bath bombs in the moral waters here. Yeah, you're watching Rob come of age, because he's still, in the book, I guess, he's a teenager, and yeah. uh, in the show, he's a little bit older, but he's learning on the job. He's never had to take control of an army, and to his credit, he is playing, I think, a longish game. He's trying to win mm. a war, not a battle, and by getting rid of Karstark, he's thinking long-term of, like, I need loyal people around me if I'm going to take the throne. Okay. 
Sounds strategically wise there. Michelle, am I wrong? Yeah, there, boy? he's already screwed himself by completely <laughs> annihilating his uh, his pact with the phrase. Mm-hmm. That was really playing the long game. Yeah. Was agreeing to marry that daughter in order yeah. to get the in order to get the twins in order to cross the bridge. Like once you get rid of that, you know, Car yeah. Stark and everybody else is just kind of gravy. One of my favorite <laughs> things too is if you go back to season one and rewatch right before they're 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 going down to the twins, the negotiating Catelyn Stark goes in. She basically describes like if you if we do this wrong, here's what's gonna happen. And you're like, oh, that's the whole series. She just basically said it there. So mm-hmm. maybe a little defense of Catelyn. I know you and I always argue, Michelle, here over Catelyn and what she maybe did wrong or deserves. She had some she had some wisdom here. In defense. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Mother knew. Mother knew. Yes. We also like um moving on to Bran. Yeah. Uh Bran oh. actually so Bran has a I know. Next. <laughs> because Bran almost meets up with John, so you kind of get it almost got interesting a little for a bit, yeah. just a second, for just a second. Um, and they actually, you know, I think what was it? John actually sees Bran's wolf, um, yeah. has a moment possibly of a crossover, but they never actually meet because Bran is up to do the Three Eyed Raven and then disappear for way. a season. Yeah, he's on his way. He's got mercifully. The he's got a lot the of. We haven't him. talked about Hodor, the human Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so far we haven't really mentioned him. This is, uh, you know, this is Hordo's season, right? I don't know. There's yeah, really no yeah. season for Hordo. Hodor, 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 Hodor. Yeah. Yeah. All the Hodoring. All the Hodoring. <laughs> what about Arya this season? There's a great moment, too, where she kind of gets in Melisandre's face. A little bit, not necessarily a mistake or a sin of a Stark, but once again, kind of Arya again, her evolution and growth that she's getting strong. But anything, anything about Arya facing off with Melisandre? Anything of that mistake? Well, Arya, for me, what stands out this season is her her buddy cop drama with her and the Hound. Um, <laughs> the best sitcom that never yes. happened. Yeah, I want to see that spin ever. off of yeah. just everything uh, from you know how many chickens they eat at a time, <laughs> and whatever they do on that trip was the was the standout for me. Absolutely, all absolutely. the needlework. Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's go north of the wall and on top of the wall. We, for the first time, really ever season two, there was a lot of things north, but we spent a lot of time in the north and a lot of time at the wall. Michelle, what was going on there? So mostly what's going on in the North is John trying to continue to get the wildlings on his side and and let him be someone that's trustworthy uh, by getting into a wildling's pants. That does actually help <laughs> because he has, he has staked his claim. That is a very wildling thing to do. And it mm-hmm. is, yet again, a... Be- Technically not a betrayal, actually really not a betrayal of his Night's Watch vows because mm-hmm. they do not marry, they do not have children, so they can bang huh. all they wish and they are totally fine nice in the loophole. eyes of the Wait, old Wait, does it never say in there you never take a woman? Never says, it only well, says you will no, not take a woman a to wife and you will not father, father children. Says nothing about getting down. Wow. Oh, so nothing about you don't caves. get her pregs. Right. Nothing, nothing about, about caves, nothing about cave jacuzzis. Hot spring caves. Nothing, yeah. nothing yeah. about those. You are awesome. golden. They yeah. let people go down to Molestown. Totally fine. Totally fine. So you have some really nice moments with that. You also have some really nice moments. I think season three was a really great season for Sam and for his growth with Gilly and kind of doing his thing without John around. I love that. Because you get to you get to see him slaying a White Walker. You get to see him rescuing a baby. So I think for both characters it's a really good growth season. Yeah. Michelle, you just reacted very positively to Samuel Darley there. I love Sam and Gilly. I love their relationship and I love that uh, I like when he talks to her about books and he tells her he's he's telling her all about the things that he's read. She says, How'd you learn all of this? And he said, You read it, you know. She thinks that that's I mean, that's so cool. I, yeah. I just like that they they have this great little relationship where he feels powerful or strong to somebody. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, he doesn't feel like the weak guy, 
you it's know, where point. he is at the, you know, with the crows, he's the man with her. So yeah, it's he, nice to see it. And he still, uh, he still gets to be that kind of endearing, uh, you know, nerd that everyone picks on. But it's his moment. It's a great point. This is like that's what the key to the relationship, and not in a overpowering, super macho way. It's like it's like they, they're helping each other. He's teaching her, and she's making him feel a certain way. Yeah. You like Sam? Spencer? Oh, I love Sam. I think that he's an example that there's more to uh, bring to the table than just being good with a sword or mm. even being shrewd. That being having an intellect and having a curiosity about the world and about history can come in handy someday. I'm really excited for him to get to Old Town, skipping ahead, uh, yeah. to see mm-hmm. him fulfill hopefully his destiny and be a maester someday. Head down to the Citadel. That would uh, that would be good. Absolutely. Uh, a, a lot of stuff here over at Craster's Keep, which mm-hmm. is one of the more deplorable characters. <laughs> Though at the same time, you kind of understand. Uh, and and uh, the mutineers happen. The White Walkers, excuse me, the White Walkers are, are a threat, but the mutineers uh, make their own threat, and they take out one of my favorite characters, the father of my other favorite character, Jor Mormont, uh, mm-hmm. the old bear. Um, I Do you guys play this game where I sometimes lay uh, awake at night thinking, what if Mormont no. had stayed alive? This is whatever oh, game I you lay away playing just yeah, now. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> do tell. What happens next? <laughs> I, I, he holds me <laughs> by the fire. He tells Stroking. me stories. Yeah. Come closer. Just, we need to share a cup. Do care, care tips. <laughs> just such a bad... A heartbreaking moment to see Mormont go down that yeah. way and go yeah. out that way. Uh, you, Crafters Keep, the Mutineers, which was uh, quite a diversion, actually. We get to use that, that book card every so often on the show. Quite a diversion to go that route that this did happen. But uh, talk about the Mutineers and the stuff and, and Mormont's death. Um, I just think it was very brutal, and obviously that's what they were going for. I think it's interesting that the show is very good about getting rid of father figures constantly. (laughs) Anyone that you see as a father figure, uh, it doesn't even have to be a male, it doesn't have to be a real dad, Mm -hmm. they're dead. You're done. Um, You just, you basically kind of have to move along on your own and uh, a lot of times the children make very bad choices like drinking out of a skull. Um, (laughs) That's the natural progression. So it was just, you know, again, I saw it coming so I'm actually really more I'm more interested in knowing, like, from a perspective of someone who didn't read the book. Yeah, I'm like, kind of curious on what happened in the book. I'm like, wait, what happened? What happened different? Welcome um, to our world. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you, as a non-book reader, it's, it's a great point. In this show, again, we're, we're watching Thrones here, breaking down the show. We're not reading Thrones. We can do that show. It's separate. Um, as, as, a, as a show, only type person, does Crasters Keep and all that kind of stuff, did you feel it was a diversion? Were you on board? Were you confused? I mean, it made sense to me. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it seems like those guys were, it, there was some crazy stuff going on, and that's when we kind of just first learn and see the White Walkers, too, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. he takes the baby out back, mm-hmm. right? So I, I think there was a lot that was revealed there, and that scene kind of, a, a shuffle did need to happen, and Jon Snow, it did need to kind of give him a springboard in a way as well. Yeah. So I, to me, it seems normal um was it weird in the book like what yeah. I, I mean i mean it seemed normal as in it's like brutal as, as hell yeah. <laughs> i just love that like you know it, this has become normal in game of thrones <laughs> you're just kind of like yeah it's betrayal stabbing that's the way it is it's yeah. a nice illustration it's a, to me it's of, a what the, night. of what the watch has become because these are just yeah. exiled rapists and murderers these aren't like noble monks who've taken mm-hmm. a vow yes. of celibacy to defend the realm these are people that everyone else is trying to get rid of so of course you get enough of them together you know it's like uh it's like a frat it's like yeah. a really <laughs> aggressive frat gonna, there's gonna be fights they're gonna slip some people some things and it's gonna get ugly it's a great point spencer because Tyrion 
Tyrion warns John in season one, mm-hmm. like, these oh, yeah. aren't your daddy's Night's Watchmen, yeah. and your uncle may be the only pure one left. So this is kind of it's bound to happen in a way. Definitely. And these are the men saving us from the great threat. Good luck. Of, yeah. of, North. of course, one of the big highlights was uh, John and Egret, and they're continuing burgeoning love. Yes. You take take me through it. I'm not, you too, Spencer. This is not just a. I don't the girls care that reaction. much about it. You so don't? please be my guest. You don't. <laughs> no. You don't. Huh. Didn't care Why that much. Because John is whiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you did, Michelle, Yeah, I was like, yeah, it. good for him, man. Like, yeah. good for her. Yeah, she just. It was it was kind of sexy, and I think it was just like one of those moments in the entire series where mm-hmm. you just see people like be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, you have little moments of that, I think, with Sam and Gilly, too, um, which I think that's where I sort of like those sort of relationships. But that was a moment for them where they got to be happy. Um, and, yeah, you don't really see that very much. And they have a weird relationship anyway, so. Yeah. They are few and far between. Yeah. The happy moments. I was like, hey, man, good for you. You yeah. guys you guys have a good time in that grotto. It looks yeah. sexy. And he looks <laughs> hot. He looks hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay if he's whiny. Sure. I like it. I like the dissenting opinions. Turn, right? I can watch it again with the sound turned off. It's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Spencer, John, and Agreed, did that resonate with you at all? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm I'm pro-wildling. Uh, I, think that, um, uh, I think that they, uh, I respect them. I think they've been dealt a tough lot, and I love that they're anti-monarchy. One of the few people who realized that yeah. deciding your rulers based on father-son, father-son is probably a stupid idea. So yeah. uh, I respect them, and I'm, I hope they turn out okay. And, and let's talk about Mance Raider at this mm. point yes. there. I, one of my favorite characters and, and, and a great uh, portrayal. Um, the, again, when it starts, he's one of the bad guys. You don't hear about, you, you hear, but you don't see. The wildlings are the enemies. And then we talked in our season two recap, Michelle, that, that then you start learning the face of the wildlings and they're just our people. Uh, where do you guys come down on Mance Raider? You like him? Love team, him. Team Mance? Yeah, absolutely. What about him? Um, I think he's smart. I mean, he obviously knows that there's more going on. So, you know, you even see when they get to that scene when there's all the horses that are lined in a pattern. He says, oh, the artists that yeah. they are. You know, oh, he's, he really, you get a little bit, you get to know a little bit more about the personalities of the White Walkers or things about the White Walkers through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's... Yeah, he's a researcher and explorer, more like that, and he really wants to care about mankind. It's a bit of a renaissance man, too. A bit of a renaissance man. <laughs> he can sing, yeah, he can play know. the harp. He yeah. can, you know, it'd be can, awesome if he played the harp. He can kill yeah. people with a sword. He can kill them with arrows. It's fine. Yeah. And it's one of the great things that Game of Thrones does. We talk about shades of gray in the show. There's so many. Jamie Lannister can be the guy you hate and become the guy you love. And again, with the wildlings, you're pro-wildling. That's that's probably the biggest shade of gray, I think, uh, in many ways. Uh, the hound, I'm looking at that's another good shade of gray there yeah. too yes there's their transformation as a people from the wildlings to just uh you know people north of the wall definitely i mean you see uh it also builds up the white walkers in your head without showing them because you see if these people who eat each other and they're vicious and they're brutal if they're running away from something uh-oh mm-hmm. like what's coming after them yeah and let's talk about what's coming after them we're looking at the night king over there yes. uh michelle morrow you're, you're a fan of sam the moment where he takes out a white walker Awesome! Yes, I was like, of all the people that got to do it, Sam. Yes, yeah. and I was, yeah. that's that's the thing. I mean, the, the, he has the knowledge. The first in like a thousand years to do that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the first time we've seen him in a while. And I mean, because nobody knew because that knowledge had been lost. It was legend that Dragonglass Obsidian can take out a White Walker. Like we didn't know this. Mm-hmm. No one's seen these guys in thousands of years. They're stories of legend from old Nan. Uh, so it, it's it was awesome to see. Uh, you still kind of get a little of great. He's one guy with one dagger. Cool. Have fun against that whole army. Yeah. But uh, you know, but at least it's a it's a sliver of hope. Yeah. And it, 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 it is great that it goes. It lets to him. us know Dragonglass 
we, we can get our hands on that. We might stand a chance. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We might stand a chance. Um, one of the great sequences, it's in episode six. It's uh, from the episode called The Climb. And the oh, yeah. season ends. Mm-hmm. And Tormund Giantsbane, by the way, is one of my favorite characters, yes, too. Just, absolutely. Just great. Uh, and, and the interplay between great him, beer. John, Egret. Great beer. Great beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you mentioned in one of our other episodes, The Chaos is a Ladder Speech from Peter Baelish. Sure. This is one of the, it's almost a, a poetic moment. We can wax rhapsodic about this moment there. Uh, you guys all like that moment, too? Two thoughts on on Peter Baelish and, and, and how accurate he is in the chaos. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the scaling the wall, where chaos was literally a rope ladder yeah. that, yes. uh, that Gareth from the office almost sent <laughs> John down. Um, but yeah, that's one of my favorite speeches, and uh, uh, it's just I'm always fascinated by the people who aren't born into power on this show. Um, so I loved Peter Baelish's description that there's a method behind his madness by setting all these people against each other that creates opportunity. Yeah, I love that yeah. this was almost entirely a show speech as well. This is not in the book at all. So oh, wow. I love that. That the, it's stuff like this that the showrunners, I think, are really good at parsing little things from the books and kind of putting them together in the show um, in a way that wasn't written before, but absolutely reflects these characters like Peter Baelish, when all he really cares about is upward mobility. And here I'm going to tell you how I'm doing it. It's you, just so great. Do you respect that? Do you respect that, Michelle? The, the honesty, in a way? The brutal honesty of how he's going to go about doing it? and what he's- I mean, yeah, I don't think he's got any other... If you look at him just from a character standpoint, I don't think he's got any other way to go. Yeah. This is, I mean, he's got to find how he can climb and he can do this. So he's explaining how he's doing it. And I love that he's explaining it to Varys. Mm -hmm. It's just such a powerful conversation Mm -hmm. that the two of them have. Um, I absolutely respect him. I think both of them, like, in in a way, like, there, any, anyone who's going for this throne, you kind of got to go, well, you're either crazy or I respect you. (laughs) Yeah. Or you're running a, uh, a inn down at the, uh, he's pretty crazy. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of Baelish as like Mm. a character morally, but, um, I understand his motivations very well and he's just played. It's just the so accent well. that's a little hard to place. A hard. The, the talking <laughs> out of the side of your mouth a little bit. British to American. It adds to the creepy factor, though. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, ooh. Aiden Gillen does such a great job, but it definitely, if you, I'm, I'm marathoning right now, and from season one to there's some moments in three and four where they took him aside. Over the top. But it's awesome in a weird way. Spencer, we do have to talk about Bran. Oh, man. I know, I know, Bran. What about that storyline, it's not necessarily Brand himself, but what about that storyline doesn't guess, grab you? I guess to me, it's the um, it's the fact that what interests me about the show, I think I've said already, mm-hmm. is the humanity of it and the groundedness of these characters, whereas Bran is, this could be Lord of the Rings, where like, we're going off to Mordor to find a magic tree and yeah. follow a raven to get a vision of a thing. It's like, <laughs> no, let's deal with, I like dealing with the politics and the backstabbing and the family relations, and yeah. this is, just seems like he and two like other sorcerish kids and Hodor the human Pokemon. It, it's just the least compelling dynamic for me for the whole show. Agree? Disagree? Supplement his opinions? <laughs> I'm a history nerd in this, so the fact that he's getting visions about what has gone before is awesome to me. Mm-hmm. I love all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the fact he can take over people, that's badass. Is he going to yeah. be able to take over a white? Can he take over a white walker? Can that he would take be over awesome. a dragon? Maybe. So I, just, I love all of that. Haven't we seen a war? Didn't they resurrect a guy? Remember they? Was Did they? Is that this season? Yeah. Der- Dondarrion? Yeah, Barrett? well, Barrett Dondarrion comes back, but that's yes. from the Lord of Light. But as far as warging, yeah. That wasn't from warging. No, that wasn't yeah. from warging. That's just you got to... Can, can they... I don't, I, I'm kind of wondering what all of the abilities behind yeah. warging Like, what is. are your force powers, basically? Right, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. like, yeah. if, if it's like, hey, they're like, hey, we've only seen people 
be able to control animals. We've never been able to see someone control humans beyond the wall. Yeah, right. He says that to him. You're kind of wondering how far do Bran's powers really go? And to me kind of says, okay, at what point are we going to see this storyline fully play out? Right. Yeah. Um, because there's something there. My only concern is is that the, the actor is he's great, but he's getting older and it's like this the season go by and I'm like, well, what's like, gonna happen? Well, yeah. Bran keeps getting like, older. Now you're like able to vote, dude. Yeah, like yeah. this is just odd. And uh, Gilly's baby hasn't aged a minute. A day. That's <laughs> <laughs> like this so is his born. character is transporting his mind into animals and we're yeah. like, But I don't believe how old he looks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's just that's too much. He's there gone through the puberty. Line, my what? <laughs> also, this season, until uh, maybe this season, is our last glimpse of Osha and Rickon, the forgotten Stark yeah. kid. Yes. Um, they uh, they they diverge at one point. They take Shaggy Dog with them, and they are gone. So conspiracy tinfoil theories hat time here, Michelle. Uh, where where is Rickon? He's in Scoggos. Yeah, I mean, I know. So she... I could say a tinfoil well, hat, we but don't it's, know. 100% we're yet. pretty sure. But that's, I mean, again, that's purely a book thing. Like, we don't care. In the show, it doesn't matter. Do you think it doesn't matter in the just... book, Reed? They're really. Not really. Yet. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, maybe they'll come back to him. I think his character was doomed the moment he named his dire wolf Shaggy Dog. They're like, well, <laughs> you're, you're screwed the entire <laughs> show of the time. Yeah. You, you can't be cool if you have a dire wolf named Shaggy Dog. You're not going to go. You're not going to sit on the Iron Throne with a dog named Shaggy Dog. <laughs> Fair so, point. Yeah, I mean Fair the point. fact that he that's what it jumps the shark. Yeah, just right <laughs> that's there. too much. Um, that's too much. The fact that he exists is interesting. That there is yeah. a male Stark heir somewhere out there, but there's yeah. nothing to do with that. I mean, he's he's gestating. He's in his incubation period. Yeah. We don't need to spend any time with it. He could come back as the new Night's King. We don't. Know. Yeah. Who knows? Oh wow, that's a that's wow. a scary Throwing thought out yeah. there. Yeah. Does Rickon like at that? all? I mean, do you, as someone who's like again, we hasn't studied this book like I have alone on a weekend nights. Sure, yeah. Does you're like Rickon? Does that matter at all? Does it gravitate? He, well, he the it? only the only scenes where he ended up popping out was when they were up in the windmill. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and I remember going, "Oh, who's the blonde kid?" Yeah. Oh, right, Rickon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he doesn't really speak much, so it's hard for uh, maybe somebody who hasn't read the books to. I have no idea really yeah. what his situation is. Uh, I just know that you know they care about him because of the lineage, and he's a Stark. So yeah. maybe it's someone who's read something. the books. We don't care either. Okay, cool. But it's a great. But the kid's got a little monologue. <laughs> okay. Right? The kid's got a little monologue. He's got a great moment. It's a good sense. He's a good little actor. It's yeah. totally cool for the for the kid. But yeah, as far as the character goes, I just I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I mean, unless he's in like some kind of dire trouble and somebody needs to save him or something because he's the only Stark and maybe right. Arya cares. I don't know. It could maybe yeah. maybe he ends up winning the whole thing. He could. He comes yeah. down on a unicorn from yeah. Skagos and him just takes pie. over the, the whole. That would be the biggest troll <laughs> there of all are time. Unicorns. Like you know who gets the Iron Throne? Rickon. Rick Rick yeah. I'm Rick. done with all of it. <laughs> Rickon and Hot Pie in the next Drop election. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Done. Absolutely. Hashtag that one there. Of course, as always, you can hashtag Watch and Thrones and join the conversation and place your vote for Rick on and Hot Pie. Uh, <laughs> hey, you guys want to get High Garden? Oh, Hell let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Let's do it there. Uh, we're going to go uh, down south to the lands of King's Landing, High Garden, and below. Though we never actually see High Garden really too much, unless as you're talking mm, about drawings. Sounds like a wondrous place. It does sound to be a pretty <laughs> yeah. place. Michelle, what is the going gardens on? gardens of Babylon. The politics of King's Landing. Okay, there's a lot. Uh, so you've got kind of the intermixture of High Garden, Lannister, a little bit of Stark. You yeah. got Sansa in there. Uh, let's start with her. Sansa has become engaged to Tyrion uh, and be marrying Tyrion. Not so much fun for her when she finds out about her brother, but 
you know, in the meantime, basically, everyone's just sort of marrying everybody else. Uh, Joffrey gets engaged to Marjorie. Uh, Tywin has now come down after the Battle of Blackwater in his Hand of the King, which means Tyrion gets knocked down a little bit to Master of Coin and finds out, oh, we have no money. It's like you're a student in 2016. <laughs> so, uh, Joffrey, on the other hand, goes full psycho, which never go full psycho. No. 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 It's a bad time, especially for Roz, when uh, finds out mm. she's been informing on Littlefinger, gives her to Joffrey. It's a nice nice little nice little uh, example of yeah. the craziness that he has just gone off of. And in fact, his entire family kind of recognizes this. Cersei, Tywin, all try to rein him in to no avail. Uh since we're talking about Lannisters, I'm just going to touch on you also yeah. have Jamie and Brienne trying to get down to King's Landing to, in theory, exchange Jamie for the two Stark girls, which is not happening in more ways than one. Jamie uh, loses a hand, Brienne gains a dress and a new bear boyfriend, <laughs> uh, but they all end up back at King's Landing by the end of season three. Absolutely. So let's start with one of the best characters to uh, come late into the show, and that is Elena Tyrell, uh, the the matriarch of the Tyrell family and clan. One of the best, right? Am yeah. I wrong? Oh, yeah. She's amazing. What, what what stands out immediately? Did you immediately are like, yep. Oh, yeah, she knows what she's doing. You can tell she knows what she's doing. She's like, oh, so what's exactly going on? Tell me exactly everything about Joffrey. Thank you. We'll take over this place. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. how Absolutely, one of the most influential people in Westeros. And Diana Rigg, of course, for Perfect. me, she pops up, and I'm like, La- uh, the great Muppet caper. Absolutely. Joel's <laughs> grown sister in the movie. So great. Uh, your thoughts on, uh, oh, on, she, on She's fantastic. Um, she's uh, she's playing the game at a higher level, and, uh, and she's got all the pieces in place. Things are looking up for the Tyrells. They are yeah. primed to make a move, and now's their time to do it. Yeah, she knows her worth of Highgarden. Yeah. She knows, like, not only is uh, Marjorie going to be engaged to Joffrey, which they kind of secured early on, but um, finding out what kind of a monster Joffrey is and just kind of dealing with it. I mean, everything that they're just that Sansa's describing, they're both just kind of nodding to each other, going, All right, okay, we're yep, afraid of that. We but <laughs> let's move on. All right, we got this. Uh, but yeah, you know, they're like high five in behind. They're yeah. like, we got it. We yeah. got it. We're cool. Mm-hmm. But they, but she knows the value of her kingdom. Like they supply a whole lot of food. They supply a whole lot of gold. Um, and obviously, with uh, the kingdom being in such debt, they can't really afford to offend the Tyrells. Yeah. What you're talking about th- there too, uh, Michelle, is that the Tyrells have a very important place in this world. Yet they seem to be on the show somewhat. Misrepresented or underrepresented, they're not very clear. Are you clear, Michelle, on who they are? I am. Yeah. yeah. To me, they just seem like the the place we've yet to go. Yeah. Uh, to see, we have yet to see High Garden kind of thing. It um, hasn't really popped up in the opening se- sequence yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like when are we gonna? It, yeah. It's a flyover. Scene. It feels yeah. like we're gonna <laughs> see that at some point. Yeah. And to me, at least, as as somebody who just watches the show and doesn't read the books, to me, it, it seems like. That is a major place. Well, you know uh, as much as we do now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So okay. we're all caught up. <laughs> we haven't been to High Garden in the books. Either. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well. It's a mystery land. It's like Naboo, kind of in my head. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, but it's like Napa Valley. It's like Napa a lot Valley. of rolling hills. Do you think it's that maybe rich. then, like from what you guys have seen as book readers, mm-hmm. do you guys feel that this is something that the filmmakers or the you know the makers of the show that this is what they would put in? 
I, th- I think at some possible? point they talk about it so much, even with Sansa, like, uh, oh, we'll take you come visit High Garden for the weekend. It's like Palm Springs almost. Like, everyone's going to head out <laughs> yeah. there. But we haven't even seen, like, Casterly, Casterly Rock. Rock. Yeah. 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 The whole West is just, like, so rich and beautiful. It's probably like, well, let's uh, save some budget. Let's just not <laughs> go there. there. <laughs> I, can't I, mean, I feel like both of those places, both High Garden and Casterly Rock, are powerful in their own right, but they're not the end game. Everyone mm. wants to get to King's Landing and get the throne. So yeah. I, maybe that's why most of just the importance is placed there. Yeah. I mean, we are going to get a little bit of Sam's uh, hometown in the yeah. next season, in theory. Randall so Tarly, yeah. they definitely aren't above bringing in lands that we haven't seen in the book yet. But you hadn't seen that land in the book either? No. 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 So we'll see. We'll see. No. Um, quick question for a fun debate. Better tactician, Lady Olena or Tywin Lannister? Ooh. I thought you were going to say Varys. I think Tywin yeah. Lannister, just because he's had to balance more. And if you look at where he's at in the uh, in this season, he's mm. got things sewn up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got, yeah. uh, you know, Joffrey's on the throne. He secured the North by marrying him off to Sansa, or by marrying uh, Tyrion yeah. off onto Sansa. And then he right. secured the Tyrells by marrying uh, Joffrey off to uh, Marjorie. He's got, like, the whole realm under control, which is what it needs to after they've just been through a civil war. Absolutely. Good point. You I guys? totally agree. You taking Tywin? Tywin on a walk? Michelle, you standing um, up? Yeah, no, I don't know about that because I kind of see it like Tywin has gotten so obsessed in a way with Joffrey uh, that he's sort of forgotten to keep an eye out on hmm. Tyrion. Yeah. Um. So I feel like, you know, and he's really trying with Joffrey. You know, he comes up in that one scene and he's just like, looks. he's sitting on the throne being a little brat, yeah. you know, yelling at his, you know, grandpa. So it's he's trying to use intimidation tactics with with Joffrey and trying to teach him, but he's forgetting about Tyrion. And I wonder with Elena if she's if she's on to Marjorie enough. Mm. If she's on to Marjorie, then I would say she's a faster, she's a better tactician. Do you mean on to Marjorie like 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 just making sure making plans with her, or do you mean like kind of like making sure that she's in all of her chi- like in the children's heads that she knows that she's not losing track of her too, right. like the way that he's kind of lost track of Tyrion, and that kind of ends up being his demise. But he's got the whole kingdom to worry about, where Olean just has to worry about her daughter um, and mm. and just her immediate family. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and Tywin, uh, the other thing he does is he ends the uh, war in the north by writing a letter. Great yeah. point. True. True. Great just point. Just writes a yeah, nice little true. slips him a note. Th- this uh, is Tywin the entire season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, what are you saying? Yeah, uh, I'm a little busy. Writing. Uh, uh, oh, and then letters. you discover what it is. Such a great path. And we're definitely going to talk about the Red Wedding there. But the Tyrells are an interesting family. They factor a lot that they're sometimes in the margin. So I wonder if we're still going to get more of them. I imagine but, we have to right. now that Marjorie is coming to the forefront. Yeah, because you got Mace Tyrell is just uh, the, the men are doofuses in that yeah. whole family. Uh, the the well, Loris is well, no. Yeah, a, I mean, God bless him for his lifestyle, whatever. But yeah. the but the women are the one pulling the strings in that family. Absolutely, which in that in this world is definitely a rarer thing, yes. right? Yeah. Cersei yeah. was bo- born to the wrong family. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, oh, she was. She, she would have been a good Tyrell. Yeah. She would have been that's a great a, Tyrell. That's, a point. that's probably why she's even super more jealous. Versus <laughs> yeah. oh. Marjorie, man. So if we're going you to, have support uh, of your family, son of a son of a. <laughs> so uh, if we've everybody, uh, we've gone to High Garden. Uh, everybody want to get Dragonstone? Yep. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's move on down there a little bit. Talk about we've got uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on out of Dragonstone and, and beyond. We got uh, uh, Arya on the run with Gendry and Gendry. Uh, they're they're running over to uh, they're running to the Brothers Without Banners, the Brotherhood, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is uh, fascinating. There's so 
one which I think left out of the brothers in the show, but because uh, they're they're very key to season two, but you don't you just hear about them, you don't see them, so they pop up here. And Thoris Amir is a great character mm-hmm. too, and, and Beric Dondarrion, one of the great recasts in the show. That's going on there, and uh, we start to see that the Lord of Light has real power. Uh, Melisandre's uh, that glowing uh, necklace is 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 growing, and uh, and that's kind of where we are running around there with with Arya and her team and Hot Pie and and mm-hmm. the brothers. So so let's dive into that. Anything else I'm missing there? Um, not Michelle? so much. Just that uh, you know, Stannis and Melisandre have gone back to Dragonstone now after the defeat at the Blackwater. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you get a lot more of Lord of Light. You get a lot more of Melisandre being creepy and red and mm-hmm. leechy. Um, <laughs> so and then you get uh, Davos eventually freeing Gendry and sending him off onto a little rowboat, and yeah. you end with Stannis heading towards the Wall and to kind of address the larger problem. Because once again, my man Stannis prepared to do what it takes to save the realm. Right, Michelle? No? No? I'll never convince you to join He's Team Stannis. Are you guys crush. opposites on this? I totally love Stannis. It's fine. I, I love Stannis. And these <laughs> people it. don't come along for the it. journey. Well, Stannis, I mean, he knows what his mission is. I mean, it's very clear. And, you know, he's not deviating. He thinks he's right. And every, you, you know, and every you're villain like, is hey, a man. hero in his own story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does he really know? I yeah, mean, he thinks he's right. That doesn't yeah. make him right. No, it doesn't. I thought he wanted to be king, character. and as soon as that didn't shake out, he's like, "Well, I'll go for the moral victory and go above the wall." Anyway, <laughs> this, is, this is honestly to to give to give your man credit. This is one of the better things that he does because yes. he is one of the few people that actually recognizes the fact that if you're going to be king of the seven kingdoms, you have to protect the seven kingdoms, and the real threat is from the freaking undead zombies coming True. down. True, yeah. truth, so, preach. So I will say, <laughs> she's right. That's right. So I will say that is his like big redeeming thing for mm-hmm. me personally. Right. Until he starts gathering firewood and calling his daughter in for supper. <laughs> but that's later on. Uh-huh. We're not debating that there. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about Gendry. Okay. Gendry is everyone's favorite Robert Bastard and Smith. Uh, and um, Especially with the shirt off. The victim of leeches. Yeah. He's so important. He's pretty hot. In this story, Gendry is so important because he might be the last of the, you know, the, he might be the true king in a way. He might be. He Maybe. might be, but who cares? Be, but and who he's cares? <laughs> I love Gendry, but who cares? Yeah. He is a bastard of a king of a basically extinct family line now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have a living family line already that had an arguably better claim to the throne. So, I mean, as much as we love and adore him, he can kind of stay out in that rowboat forever and no one's going to care. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Is that true, Gendry? We're all done with Gendry? I'm I totally know. done with Gendry. Well, like for me, yeah. I was kind of like, when's that guy coming back? Because yeah. <laughs> like, clearly he's got a claim somewhere. Yeah. I mean, they don't care about like. Does he have a claim? Big... I don't know exactly Maybe. how. Maybe. Uh, I don't know either. Primogeniture works in, in Game of Thrones, but I thought that bastards couldn't inherit uh, unless they're legitimized. And who would legitimize them? Yeah. They're all well, dead. That's a good point. Good point. So really, well, who I mean, was his mother supposed to be, though? One uh, of Robert's floozies. Who brown, knows? Yeah. yeah. Some bowl <laughs> yeah. of brown flea bottom. <laughs> Doxy. Some little, I think that's little, our, a yeah, first official thing. reference to bowls of brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a great. Uh, do you guys agree with Davos, the Onion Knight, doing this? Because loyalty is kind of his thing, and it's kind of what keeps him to Stannis, but this is very much against Stannis, and was kind of a, hey, for good of the realm type thing, or maybe it was just for good of Gendry. Do you agree with Stannis letting Gendry loose and, and causing all these problems with his daddy Stannis? Yeah, he's t- he's clearly jealous uh, of Melisandre that she's uh, she's taken his best bro. Is it jealousy or is he wary? 
It's both. Both, but uh, I mean, it's definitely what, both. They're they're pulling him in both in two directions. So I think mm-hmm. that he feels like he's doing the right thing by taking Gendry loose, but it's also kind of selfish. He just right. wants uh, to get one over on Melisandre too. Yeah. Well, do you get the feeling that Davos had that much sway over Stannis before Melisandre showed up? Because as far as I know, like, yeah, Stannis may kind of value his uh, his counsel, but. He was still a smuggler. He was still a lowborn. I, right. I actually think because he, makes, like he makes him his hand. He makes him his hand, right? Yeah, it seems eventually, like, yes. Mm-hmm. It but seems like he. It seems like he respects him. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Melisandre comes in, and that's just not. That's not happening anymore. Well, no. You know. Yeah, it's like when you if you go on a diet and you're like, whatever I say later. Don't let me eat these cookies, uh, Davos. And he's that guy that has to kind <laughs> of talk about <laughs> it, even though he has no intention of listening. <laughs> so, to but him. I want just, the cookies. Yeah, but, <laughs> But I, yeah, put him in a tough spot. But she's in a dress. Yeah, <laughs> I think he also sends him out just due to the way he's also been treated a bit too. Right. I mean, yeah. he's been treated kind of crappy. So right, how how much is Melisandre playing Stannis, or how much does she think he is actually the chosen one in this circumstance? She's got to be the a book. true. Yeah. Belie- she's got to be a true believer. I mean, in Stannis, at the whole. I mean, yeah. at the end, we can go now. In and Stannis, she kind or of, in the Lord of Light. Well, that's the thing. In her Lord visions, in, well, in her interpretation of her visions, right? I feel yeah. like that's what she's really a hundred percent behind. But she's not willing to admit that her interpretations could be wrong. Because jumping ahead to five, she takes that bath, and and Stannis's wife is there, and she's basically admitting that some of these are just little powders that make men think yeah. I'm oh, more powerful yeah. than I am. So she definitely has that side to her, but I, I, I'm just at one point, because it definitely seems season two, she believes in Stannis. But how, again, how, do you think she's playing Stannis? And, oh, yeah. yeah. To me, at least hmm. from watching the show, it seems like she's fully playing him and doing yeah. whatever she can. She's just looking for the true bloodline. That's why I thought she was using mm. leeches, because it's blood or something. Yeah. But, King's blood. Yeah, King's so blood. So what do you so think like, is her end game then? What does she want? I can't figure that out about her yet. I can't figure out what the hell she wants. Um, but I know that she she doesn't... I don't think that she cares about Stannis so much because I don't think she believes that he's the true king. I don't mm. think she thinks he has a stake oh, to I think she's oh, right. full-blown, like, uh, Scientology OT level seven, and she's, like, she's bought in fully. She had his semen demon. I mean, she's, like... She semen would, demon? She oh would never... Why would she not believe in this guy with all she's been through with him and staying with him even when he's been beaten? Well, just because you have a semen demon with someone doesn't mean you have to have true <laughs> love. Uh, okay, okay. I thought, I thought Shadow Baby was good, but, oh, semen demon. Semen demon yeah. might be good. Yeah. Hashtag semen demon. Can we get that on a t-shirt? Right Marketing. Yeah. Can we get that on You're a T-shirt? You're welcome, Internet. Yeah. I mean, she just have that thing. She doesn't care. She's just like whatever. It didn't look comfortable when that thing crawled out. <laughs> I think that you have to at least half believe that you've got a good chance that this guy is like is really reborn Azarahai. I um, think she might have started. I think she was in on on uh, uh, at the start, and then it started to unravel a little bit. I think in season three, though, Melisandre's still on board. I like yeah. what Michelle was saying about the about the. Um, a way that she interprets the visions. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's her interpretation of it. So maybe in the beginning she thought he was, and then she's like, oh, wait a minute, let I me look at this new. a different way. Yeah, see oh, the different. fire changed. Oh, look yeah. at this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing how that worked. I'm going to have a semen demon with a new guy. Why does Jon Snow keep popping up? Yeah, I keep seeing yeah. him in my dreams. I, I want to see Azor's eye. Don't you understand? So let's go to the Brothers Without Banners, the Brotherhood. Uh, they are led by Sir Beric Dondarrion, who actually is in season one. He's 
sent out to go deal with the mountain. Ned Stark sent him out. Uh, they recast him uh, for this bigger part in season three. He's leading the Brotherhood. They stumble onto Gendry. Well, I should say Arya, Hot Pie, and Gendry stumble onto the brothers. Uh, take him, and then the Hound. They capture the Hound. The Hound says, oh, "Why you got the Stark bitch here?" And then it un- unravels before them. It leads to the biggest proof. And we talked about this in other episodes, Michelle. And get your thought on what it might be the right or maybe the true religion, the one that actually works in this world. Lord of Light, here in this season, we see it. There's a flaming sword. Beric Dondarrion's been killed five times and now six, mm-hmm. and he's back to life. Do you think the Lord of Light is real, Michelle, in this story, <laughs> not in real life? Oh, man. Um, she has a lot of those potions and a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of alchemy is going on, and we've seen a lot of alchemy go on at King's Landing as well. So I feel like there are things that could possibly maybe bring someone back to life or do see more magic. I don't know about the Lord of Light itself yet. And I'm not really quite sure about the religions, to be honest. And mm-hmm. we saw a little bit, too, with the old gods, I suppose, by the tree. Yeah. yeah. So there's been... You're definitely... This is definitely the one that pops out the most. It's the one that says, hey, well, maybe this is true. It just seems evil. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the religion is just, like, evil, if that's the religion of the land, that just feels like a really... Bad yeah, one. Bad one to have. Yeah. Bad one to subscribe to. Is there any meaning to the hound surviving this kind of trial by combat? If the Lord of Light, Lord of Light is real on any level in this story, the hound is not found guilty for his crime of killing the butcher's boy, Micah. Yeah. That, mean that was my question. Yeah. No. Well, no. That, What's that the was, answer? I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I mean, I, does that mean that the Lord of Light doesn't really exist? That it's not actually, mm-hmm. you know, Right. This trial by combat, or does it mean because he was acting on someone's orders, or he didn't consider it a killing? Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, is it because he's turned a page and he's no longer that person anymore? It, I don't know. I really mm-hmm. don't know because we've seen evidence that the Lord of Light or Valar or whoever is bringing people back from the dead like exists, but they're still going to save the Hound when it mm-hmm. should be proving him guilty. Right. I don't know. You got mixed feelings about this religion. You're not subscribing I'm to not it here. Sure. I, I like told that. you, man. Many faced God. It's that's my jam. Right. I do believe in. I do believe in trial by combat, though. You I do think believe that, yeah. That's how we should settle most things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 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 That's how you guys should end every show. Yeah. Yeah. Trial, by trial, trial by combat. combat. I'm sorry. You want cheese pizza? No. Bring it on. No, absolutely. I name Ryan our cameraman as my champion. <laughs> as champion. Um, all right. So uh, what I love about this, though, it, it starts Ari and the Hound off on their adventures, which sure. carries well into season four and is it could be its own spinoff show like Please. you said Spence waiting for it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> absolutely so uh, next we're going to go catch up with our favorite Khaleesi over in Essos for a segment they're not even a little bit sullied uh, Michelle <laughs> catch us up on Daenerys and Jorah and our wonderful team so in Essos happy. I'm trying there's a lot out I'm there I'm trying you guys okay uh, Danny in a nutshell basically conquering up and down the coast uh, with her new little teenage baby dragons uh, fortunately not Teenage Mutant Ninja Dragons. That would be amazing. Um, And she now has an army of Unsullied. Awesome. Uh, In a totally badass move, um, we're going to get into it. Uh, She gains a Barristan Selmy uh, after a failed assassination attempt, which is amazing. And a blonde Dariona Harris, who I miss terribly. Oh, yeah. And uh, ends with her heading to Marine and a whole lot of Misa, 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 that's right. That's how it ends. And yeah, Barristan Selmy, of course, last seen in season one when he throws down his sword and says, you know, uh, here, boy, take it and melt it and add it to your 
chair and he's thrown out of uh, King's Landing and uh, he is generally considered next to maybe Ned Stark, one of the most honorable men mm -hmm. in the land and now he's going to take up uh, uh, with a Targaryen because that's what he had done in his past. Um, Michelle, when that, uh, as a show watcher, when that character pops up again in Astapor after the assassination, assassination attempt. Wow. Lord of Lord of Shy. Lord of Shy. Uh, what, what was your reaction, your emotional reaction to that scene? What, did you have one? Did you oh, really yeah. like him was, or who? Yeah, I was so happy that he went and found her. Yeah. Um, he just, it, it, he feels like a very loyal, like you were saying, Ned Stark-esque kind of man. And mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to see more of that in Game of Thrones. Uh, but <laughs> yet again, he is sort of... Um, he, he's kind of going to play a father figure-ish sort of role in a way. So that's mm. uh, what Michelle was saying earlier. Yeah. Makes me concerned. But yeah, I, I was very, I was very moved when in that scene. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great moment. I love that character. Uh, though I love him and Jorah kind of never getting along. Mm, yeah. Never getting along. So this is the season where Daenerys, she, her story starts to change or her quest starts to change. She's Spencer. spinning her wheels, so to speak. Spinning her wheels sort of just over there. Does she <laughs> get distracted by now she wants to free the slaves, which is by all means a noble uh, sure. effort, uh, mission, but... It's a, that, I mean, that's a life quest in itself. If she yeah. wants to be, uh, if she wants to rule Westeros, then she should get on and do that. Um, right. And maybe come back later if she feels uh, that's where her loyalties are. I like everything about her story that ties her back to Westeros. I love that they introduced Barristan as her grandfather's, father's uh, old Kingsguard to teach her mm -hmm. about what's going on back across the ocean. And please just get her over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Unsullied are cool. Dragons are cool. Let's bring them over. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get the ships and roll. They're out of out of Carth, and they're uh, they're on this mission now to, to go across Essos, Michelle, and kind of free all the slaves. Um, again, same question to you. It's it's noble. Does uh, yeah. she get distracted? I mean, yeah, she's getting distracted because there's a reason that there hasn't been a king or queen of both Westeros and Essos. Like they're mm -hmm. two separate continents. Right. Pick one. You don't. <laughs> you know. So you know, the thing is, is us as show watchers really want her to get over to the Iron Throne and to Westeros and everything. But it's like, is that actually going to be the best thing for her? And if it is, cool. Get out of Essos. Right. Um, but, you know, just as the type of leader that she wants to be, it also makes sense that she would get distracted by this because, of course, she doesn't want children to be harmed and mm -hmm. slaves to be murdered. And I get it. But, yeah. We, we, I mean, she's got to wait for her dragons to grow up a little bit, too. Yeah, too. Mm -hmm. And, like, the moment for me, the the freeing of the Unsullied or the acquisition of the Unsullied and, and you know, the, the trick on Krasnus and, and, yeah. and, and the acquisition of Missande, uh, taking her onto her team. It's great stuff. And I think the soundtrack's one of the best, best songs on there. The boom. And then the, the, the moment <laughs> where she burns down the city. Mm. It's like a pump your fist moment. But I think it's the last one she really has that she's in control of. Right, I would say it, so. From down there, it's, it, she yeah. has peaks and valleys, but that is oh, the queen. She's the queen. Oh, yep. what is happening? Yeah, yeah. she if has a had, lot of really uh, good had, moments. If there. we had lost track of her there, and then she pops back up in season five, would have been fantastic. Been great. Yeah. Uh, we don't need the ups and downs and ups and downs when all the drama is happening across the ocean. You needed right. her to be Bran, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just take a nap. There's just no storyline. Just, just, just come back. Seems like she's getting good experience, though, being doing sure. these things. I mean, she's if she wants to rule the Seven Kingdoms and she wants to, if she believes that she's an, the heiress to the throne, then um, she's got to know how to lead, and she needs an army, and she yeah. doesn't have one. If she just went over there, even with dragons, they you could still kill dragons as much as right. you can still do that with a huge army. But she's she going to lead people. a foreign ballless army across mm -hmm. the sea. They're not going to take that any better. 
Um, well, how? Like, they're not balls. Yeah, well, I mean, they're not. The, the Westeros isn't going to accept these ballless guys, and I guess dragons are the ultimate. Like, <laughs> you guys in Westeros like are like sweet, less dudes. Like, yeah, it's rock on. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. <laughs> I just think after season three, she just goes straight downhill. But she does have a lot of really good moments in season three, like you know, mm. smuggling them in through the sewers mm. to get into yeah. the city to kind of take it over. The tricks she plays mm. uh, with you know Dracarys and not, hey, pretending not you know. to speak the language. Oh, it was great. Yeah, yeah. she stuff. has lots of little good moments in here. But then yeah, after this, I feel like kind of the nobility thing starts getting in the way but yeah. that's a later mm-hmm. season uh, this is this is the nice trickery mm-hmm. moments she's a good she's a good leader in this season okay I accept that again I love that moment she burns down the city and takes the unsullied it just it seems yeah from there spinning of the wheels begins it's tough for her she's now, not, she's, now she's going through a trial she's right. got to figure out how to She's not the breaking queen. the wheel. Conquering she's she's is easy. spinning it. Yeah. That's the hard. That's Ooh, the thing. Hard, as yeah. Tywin would tell you. Yes. Oh, I do want to talk for a moment about Dario Naharis. That season's version. Blonde. The better version? Yes. By I think far? so. Not even close I, to the yeah, book he's version. He's a hunk. I've, yeah. 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 Sure. Sorry, I should Wait, have included what? you. We jumped from <laughs> ballist to hunk. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I know you probably watched like the recasting and everything. I, I got so confused. So uh, yeah. When a new I guy was, shows I was up. like, who's sure. like this? And he doesn't, he's not even remotely looking like him. Not at all. Oh. That's no what like, freaked me out. No attempt. No. I, ignored it. I preferred the blonde uh, Naharis just because like he looked more exotic first of all. Yeah, and I mean, again, mm-hmm. like book thing, you know, he's crazy exotic in the books, um, which was fun. And they kept little bits like the sword hilts and the, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the naked women. That's fun. <laughs> and he was, you know, he was, he was cheeky. But uh, I think that he, he being different and just long blonde hair and just being more exotic kind of differentiated him from all of these guys who were like, okay, dark hair, scruff, cool. Yeah. What yeah. number are we on? Totally. <laughs> so, yeah, it, that helped. And then when they recast him to do exactly that, it just, it did get more confusing and I didn't like him as much. And yeah. Thoughts no, on I mean, he, he, also, <laughs> he, he also, like, I think he relishes in his sexuality a little bit more, too. Yeah. He kind of, like, putting that on where, like, the blonde guy... I was like, yeah. He, he didn't just, have to do anything. He yeah. just knows it. He just had to yeah. lounge. He's just going to show up with some show. severed heads, and that's yep. it. Yeah. And that's the way of it. No turn on like a severed head. That's in, a uh, Valentine's Day gift right there. <laughs> there also, go. one of my, uh, I guess I'd say favorite moments, but it's kind of painful as a Sir Jorah fan, is when uh, Jorah, Dario, and Grey Worm go take the city, and they come back, and they're covered in blood, and they come to Daenerys, <gasps> and, and the city is yours, and she's like, Dario, you, you yeah. cool? And yeah. The look on George's face Ian breaks my Glenn. heart every time. Yeah. Ian Glenn is a master. He's oh great. my god! He's How many great. times have you been friend zoned, sir? Uh, he's his whole life. <laughs> wow. He's even friend zoned by Orlando Bloom in, uh, in the, <laughs> the, the, the Kingdom of Heaven at the end. I'm the King of England. I'm just the blacksmith. Um, <laughs> as we wrap up here around the corner of the band, like I said, we always could go on and on and on. So hashtag Watching Thrones to tell us what you loved about season three or what we missed, and we can still uh, have that conversation but we want to get into some of the stuff we'd like to do here oh you know what actually duh there's something i have to talk about the Is there red a wedding? wedding yeah i thought there oh, was a yeah. wedding Wait, there's totally a little wedding that. i wrote a note down here <laughs> something happened in the season oh. hashtag i forgot that hashtag um, everyone's dead everyone <laughs> is everyone you know and dead. love is dead talk yeah. about the wet red wedding michelle you saw it with fresh eyes oh yeah as did i because i had was reading the books after kind of catching oh. up and that i had heard enough about it to know something was coming but had no idea but you but fresh here, eyes here's my question 
question though. Did you watch it with a book reader who was just doing like this no. the whole time? No, my boyfriend all? and I watched cold. it. Yeah, my boyfriend and I watched it together, and, I, and, I, and neither of us had read the book, so we're just watching and eating and just da 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 da. And all of a sudden, <laughs> and I think that our mouths just went agape, and both of us were like <laughs> on either end of the couch, and no one said anything, and the, all the credits went, and it goes for a while, and all yes. the credits yeah. go. It, like, because they go out and they and go to the silence, wolf, yeah. and yeah. you're just the dire wolf, and you're like, what? And it just keeps going, and then it's just silent at the end after Catlin, yeah. and just yeah. Um, I, look, my shoulders are like this. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it, like, Ugh! like it was so tough. I can't believe. I believe so much that that was the best kept nerd secret. Yeah. And good job to all of the book readers out there for keeping that quiet for everybody that watched the show. And terrible job to all the people who watched the show and ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Wish there were some. Spencer, Red Wedding, what does it mean to you? Yeah, what it, was, favorite it was fun to uh, I encountered first in the book, so it was fun yeah. to just keep that close to the vest and people were enjoying the show and getting attached to these characters and I was just laughing behind their backs. <laughs> um, and it was also more brutal uh, it, mm. obviously visually than uh, than reading about it because uh, in the book you, you kind of have the hope that like well maybe they'll patch him up and he'll get back up from his crossbow <laughs> wound or something like that but no you no. see they are super dead and uh, uh, shocking I love it they went there yeah they uh, did there the producers the whole time add Talisa uh, in that storyline and that the whole like I'm pregnant let's name him Ned oh my yeah. god yeah. 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 What are some, Michelle, uh, what are some of your favorite moments in the Red Wedding itself? Because I have some lines that I, I just have some love. Good, I mean, there's the obvious. There's mm. the, the chain mail moment. Yeah, the the Ruth Bolton chain mail yep. moment. Yeah. The, uh, there's a couple actually just, just I'm going to talk just as purely as a book reader because you guys, yep. I'm, I'm sure, will hit a bunch. Uh, when the Blackfish goes, yeah, I got to go take a piss because yeah. he's not there at all. He's not there at all. <laughs> not there at all. So I was like, oh, that's how we're getting rid of him. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Bathroom break. Sure, why not? Um, and as you mentioned, the whole Talisa and the, the pregnancy yeah. because in again in the book she's not there at all right. you actually like she and she's not pregnant oh. we're pretty sure she's not pregnant in the book so I'm just like oh wait, wow. maybe she is pregnant in the in the book and they just haven't gotten to that and maybe she's gonna escape oh no 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 no, no. 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 right in the fetus okay right, <laughs> right in the fetus that's terrifying they did it oh my god I had the most worst death so those those were some of my personal favorites yeah. and of course Reigns of Castamere well that's my favorite moment I, after you know, watching that on repeat and repeat and repeat because I'm yeah. a sick person. Wow, yeah, um, you are. That moment <laughs> where Cat watches something's going on, something's catching her eye, the doors are being, and then, mm, mm, uh, uh, and that t- slow turn that the stomach sinks every oh. time I watch it because it's like, oh, it's happening. Then the chainmail moment, of course, uh, which kind of sets it off. Uh, brutal, brutal. Smart move by Walter Frey, Ruth Bolton, or were they just part of Tywin's plan? Great move for them. I mean, they na- the Boltons now own the North. So yeah. boom, and they've been uh, they've been talking about Hatfields and McCoys. The Boltons and the Starks have been enemies for centuries back. Absolutely. So this is the big fu. And Walter Frey, like he had, he was on the losing side if he stuck with Rob at that point. Yeah. So sure, everyone wins. And he's been bitter for a long time, being called <laughs> yeah. late Walter Frey. Yeah, uh, having yeah. his day job over at the uh, Wizarding World there, uh, the school <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. He's got yeah. a lot of stuff there. He was right. just a squib, and it just this is what happens, guys. <laughs> we discussed it. The Red Wedding. That would have been horrible if I forgot oh that. God. I would have stepped oh. down Close. and walked out of the building and never returned. 
Uh, that is, of course, the highlight of season three. And at Game of Thrones, it's like Ned's beheading and the Red Wedding. That's what people who even don't know the show know. So it's one of the great moments. Hashtag watching Thrones. Hashtag semen demon. Hashtag, hashtag forgot the Red Wedding. Forgot the Red Wedding. All of it's there. Let's talk about as we wrap up here. Ultimate power moves. Uh, I've got five. You guys can jump in after and see if you agree. If you got some other ones, we've got uh, Tyrion Lannister marries Sansa Stark against his wishes, but over the wishes of the Tyrells. Power in itself. Uh, Egret shoots Jon Snow with three arrows, which is one way to end a relationship. Uh, number three, Locke chops off Jamie Lannister's hand, throws Brienne to the bear pit. Jamie saving Brienne, kind of a power move from a certain point of view. Number two, Ramsay Snow turns oh, yeah. Theon into Reek and yep. sends his severed penis to his father. We didn't dive too much into the Reek and Ramsay storyline in this breakdown, but it is, of course, very key and the bastard of Bolton uh, House Bolton uh, definitely doing a number on Theon and number one we mentioned it of course Roose Bolton and Tywin Lannister arranging the red wedding a big power move those big long strokes of the pen from Tywin Lannister anything that I missed or anything you disagree with on that list it's gotta be number one I'm good with it yeah you got it absolutely Absolutely, a lot of the power well played, moves there. Uh, and our uh, top three list, inspired by season three, is of course top three backstabs in Game of Thrones so far. <laughs> Coming in at number three, Shay implicates implicates Tyrion and Joffrey's death. This is from oh. season four, The Laws mm-hmm. of Gods and Men. And two, Littlefinger betrays Ned Stark, going back to season one. Still one of the biggest backstabs in the show. I told you not to trust me. And number one, it has to be. We talked about it here. The Red. Wedding from the Reigns of Castamere season Aww. three. But you said backstab. Well, that's, that's, that's a front, front stab. That's a front stab. That's, I mean. But emotionally. <laughs> Emotional backstab. Emotionally of that. Yeah, it and was, it was. Yeah. As we uh, will say, we got to send out some uh, some uh, people here as our death count to close <sighs> out the show here. So I'll say the names. We can say some nice things after. We have Gior Mormont, Craster, Roz, Talisa Stark, Rob Stark, Catelyn Stark, basically all the Starks. <laughs> little Ned Stark. And, of course, Little Eddard. And, uh, and Grey Wynn. Yeah. Rob's <laughs> wolf as well. Close out, say some nice things about them, and we'll send them on their way into the seven heavens. Man, tough to be a wolf these days. Uh, a real wolf, a Stark wolf, any kind of wolf, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. You're in trouble. Michelle? I think the real lesson here is don't get impregnated by a Stark. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Michelle Moore, I'm sure you want to say some nice words about Craster. Yes. Yeah. What a wonderful human. Wonderful human being, and he will be missed. I, I do want to pay ode to Roz, the, the little prostitute from Winterfell that worked her way up. The character itself was clearly, like, it's not a book character, but it was just, even in the show, it wasn't planned to be what it was. She showed up in the pilot. She's kind of all around. They liked her enough. And she lasted three seasons mm-hmm. until her painful death at uh, Joffrey's uh, bow. But. Um, Good run. Good run for Ross. <laughs> Good run. Good run. All right, guys, that is Watching Thrones Season 3 recap. We're going to have four and five still to come. And, of course, you can join us this season, Season 6, on uh, Mondays, 1 p.m. We'll be live. You can Skype in. You can hashtag Watching Thrones and say, Ken, don't forget the Red Wedding. You can do all that kind of stuff. And we'll be here uh, each week uh, live, interactive, breaking down, analyzing, reacting, and maybe occasionally crying over Season 6 of Game of Thrones for whatever reason. I want to thank everyone who joined me today on this panel. Michelle Boyd, thank you for helping me recap. Yay. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all at Michelle Boyd. 
Spencer, when you're not ho uh, hosting Does It Hold Up on Screen Junkies Plus and riding on us trailers, you're doing a lot of other things. Um, Where can they find you? Getting turned up on Dornish Wine, and you can find me on Twitter at Spencer J. Gilbert. And Michelle Morrow joining us so much. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad we had to make you relive the Red Wedding. I know, I know. It's okay. It's all right. But I hope you had some fun. I had a great time. Where can they find you and all your adventures? At Michelle Morrow. Michelle with one L, just like her. And uh, you, you can watch Super Fan Builds, which is also on this SVOD. Absolutely. So that is it. Watch yourself at weddings. We'll see you next time.